0: You are listening to the Bellator Christi podcast brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas.
1: To the book of Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to read verses 10 to the end of the chapter. Uh, this is Mother's Day. We're taking a break from our series uh, called Ecclesia, all about the church. We have one more me- a message uh, going in that series which we'll bring to you, God willing, next Sunday uh, on communion. But today we want to talk about, take a break from that and talk about, uh, pro- provide you a Mother's Day message this morning as we talk about the portrait of of a godly woman. The portrait of a godly woman. Uh, many critics today will say that the Bible has a bad view of women, but nothing further could be, from, could be the truth. In fact, the Bible elevates women to a brand new standing in ancient times, even today. Uh, it uplifts the woman and, and tells us what godly women are all about. In fact, if we uh, go back and think about the resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the very first individuals to see him risen from the dead were, in fact, godly women. Amen. So, if you are thankful for godly women today, let me hear you say, "Amen." amen. So, I am very thankful for all the godly women in my life, and and obviously, uh, as we go through this message, I'm going to give examples of individuals. Who have blessed my heart, and and folks, I, this is to say that this is just an abbreviated list is 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 an old, is an understatement because we could spend all day and all night talking about the godly women who have influenced us, but we're going to talk about uh, just a few today that have influenced my life. And so, if you would, please stand as we pay honor to the reading and hearing of God's precious holy word, Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. This is actually an interesting passage of Scripture. Uh, The book of Proverbs is primarily the Proverbs of King Solomon. But some scholars believe that he received the 31st proverb that we find here, perhaps from the Queen of Sheba. And these writings are just as inspired as the rest of the Proverbs, but what we find is there is a, uh, there's a man by the name of King Lemuel. We don't really know a lot about him, but we do know that he had a godly mother. And what we read about in uh, Proverbs 31 is the advice that his mother gives King Lemuel uh, in order to be a good king, what to look for in a good spouse, and, and, and uh, the attributes of what we find in the portrait of a godly woman. So he says, in verse, starting in verse 10, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. That word virtuous could also mean the word noble. She is far above rubies, the heart of her husband, and safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships... She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profit, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. It's almost like the picture in verse 17 as if she's flexing her muscles, showing the world she's a strong woman she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night she stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle she extends her hand to the poor yes she reaches out her hands to the needy she is not afraid of snow for her household for her household is clothed with scarlet she makes tapestry for herself her clothing is fine linen and purple Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. In other words, she's not a lazy woman, amen? Verse 27 tells us that. Uh, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Now listen, if you don't hear anything else, listen to verses 30 and 31. We live in a very uh, shallow culture today, amen? We live in a culture that uplifts uh, outer beauty, we, we, that's what society stresses. You, you see everything uh, focusing on outer beauty, but remember verses 30 and 31. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her, of her the, the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Your kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for all the godly mothers out there. We thank You for what an inspiration they are to us, and we thank You, Lord, for the gift of mothers. And we just ask, Lord, as we humbly pray this morning, that You would allow me to speak the words that need to be spoken, hold back any words that don't need to be spoken, and through it all, that You would allow us to have our eyes opened, our ears that would hear, and our hearts that will apply the truths that we're ready to hear from your word and from your spirit this morning. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I can't tell you what a joy and privilege it is to have Sylvia and Tommy with us this morning because, Tommy, you're really going to like this first story. Being in the pastorate, I have had the chance to meet many a godly a woman. Uh, many many godly women, and I'm going to say there are many godly women in this sanctuary today. Amen, men? Amen. Ruth Ann, that was very weak, wouldn't you say? There are many godly women in this sanctuary today. Amen, men? Amen. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Woo! We're all going to be in trouble if we didn't do better than that. But uh, one, one of the most godly women, one, one godly woman I had a chance to meet is a, is a woman by the name of Layla Doss, Tommy's mother, and uh, she was a fantastic woman to god she raised all of her kids basically by herself and uh, she she had a tough life but she was a godly woman who loved her kids who loved the lord and and she she was it's just a joy and pleasure to go in and see miss layla in fact i can't even enter the Yakin nursing center even to this day without thinking of miss layla in her room and wonderful god godly woman she was but she she got me tickled because she loved the lord and uh, she, she respected the pastoral ministry. I want to tell you, when I went in there, she had a habit, you see, where she would take a little dip of snuff. Amen, Tommy? She'd take a little dip of snuff. And I so happened to come in there kind of unexpected when she still had a dip of snuff in her mouth. And she said, preacher, I wasn't expecting to see you. She said, you got to excuse me, I have a dip of snuff in my mouth. And so and so uh, she, was, she didn't want to spit because <laughs> she thought that would be disrespectful. So her daughter, Wanda Matthews, came in and uh, she, was, she was looking at Miss Layla and said, Mama, go ahead and spit. It's okay. The preacher said it was fine. I said, Miss Layla, my grandma's sis used to dip all the time. I'm used to it. She had a dribble of tobacco juice going down her mouth where she hadn't spit in so long. So she finally, she finally spit in the cup and, and we had a wonderful visit. But that just shows you the type of person Miss Layla Doss was. Folks, we have the opportunity today of being Christian individuals to have godly mothers. And maybe there's some individuals here today that didn't have godly mothers. And the wonderful blessing about being in God's family is that you can see what godly mothers are all about. That's one of the joy and privileges of being a part of the greatest family on earth, and that's the family of God. But you see, a godly mother couldn't be a godly mother if she were not first a godly woman. Amen? Amen. It only makes sense. You have to first be a godly woman in order to be a godly mother. So today I want to give you eight attributes of a godly mother. And don't worry, you may say, oh my goodness, we're going to be here at two o'clock. Usually preachers have three points in a poem, but I promise you I will try to be as brief as we can. There are eight attributes that we can find of a portrait that creates the portrait of a godly woman. Number one, a godly woman is the portrait of Of noble character she has character she has integrity in fact we see this in verses 10 and 11 also in verse 29 we see who can find a virtuous wife that word virtuous can also mean noble Uh, when you think about a noble person uh, you're thinking about perhaps like a princess or someone of nobility a high-ranking person You see, a person of nobility was expected to act with with professionalism, was expected to act with great character. So a woman who acts in a noble fashion, who acts in a virtuous way, is a woman of great character. And you may say, well, Pastor... I'm nobody. I feel like I'm nobody. I, I'm not a noble person. Well, understand this: you are a noble person because you are. If you're saved, you are a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are a person of nobility. You are a princess. Amen. Amen. Weak again. Amen? Amen. You are a princess, ladies. A princess of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Also, we find in verse in verse ten and eleven. That a noble person, a virtuous person, a lady of integrity is hard to find. She is like rubies. She is is like rare gemstones. She is like something that is rare to find. But when you find her, when you find a woman of character, when you find a woman of virtue, beloved, you have found something special. And to the young men in here today, I say, wait for a godly spouse. Amen? Amen. You may have to go through many, and I say the same thing to the young ladies here today. Wait for a godly man. You may have to go through several duds before you find a good one. Beloved, I tell you, it's worth the wait. Amen? Amen. It's worth the wait. You see, I have the blessed, uh, blessed opportunity to be the son of a good godly woman. In fact, my mother is here today, and and like I told Nolan, I visited him Monday. I said, Nolan, I would tell you to your face and behind your back that you're a good, godly man. And I would say the same thing about my mom. Whether she's here or she's not here, I would tell her that she is a good, godly woman. But one thing that individuals will always say about my mom is that she is honest. She's very honest. Anyone who knows my mom knows that she is a very honest person. And so uh, that's a wonderful trait that's been given to her by the Lord. And this is something we all need to strive to do, not just the mothers, but every single one of us, to be people of nobility, to be people of good character, to strive to live our lives with excellence. As Tom Rainer wrote in his book, Who Moved My Pulpit? It is a sin to be good when God has called us to be great. And I think he is absolutely right. We are called to be great, to do great things, to strive for excellence, Because we have an excellent Savior, amen? We have an excellent Savior. Number two, a godly woman is the portrait of a hard-working woman. She is the portrait of a hard worker. We see this in verses 12 through 19. She does him good and not evil all the days. You see, in verse 13, she seeks wool and flax, working with her hands. She's like a merchant ship that brings food from afar, she takes care of the needs of her home. She takes care of the needs of, of her household, you see. She rises while it is st- still night, meaning that she wakes up early in the morning, most times probably before anyone else is up, and she uh, works while- until it's late. Any, any ladies in here ever done that? Got up early, went to bed late because of the work in the household. Many individuals can say that today. Uh, we see that uh, she also is a business woman. Look in verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. Uh, she's a business woman. She's a very intelligent woman. Uh, she stretches out her hands and she uh, t- to the distaff and, distaff and holds her hands to the spindle. We see she's a hard-working woman. Verse 24, we see that she makes linen garments and sells them, supplies sashes for the merchants, She is a hard-working woman. And there are many hard-working women in here today, but I'd be amiss if I didn't brag on my wife a little bit today, who is one of the hardest-working women I've ever known. I don't think she's ever had a job since we've been married that she's worked less than 50 hours a week. I think that shows what type of a woman she is. She supplies for the needs of her home, and she does an excellent job. And I want to tell you, honey, I love you and thank you for the hard job that you do for your family each and every day. And she deserves a lot of credit for that. If it wasn't for her, our family would not be what it is today. You see, individuals, many individuals today claim, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, that the Bible shows the woman in a bad light, but nothing could be further from the truth. Because here we see in Proverbs 31 that she is held up, shown to be what she truly is. A woman working hard, diligently, supplying for the needs of her home. And we need to thank the Lord every day for good godly women who are hard workers. Number three, a godly woman is the portrait of a compassionate heart. Look in verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor, Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. You see, she has a heart that, that feels for others, that is sympathetic to others. She has a heart that cares for the needs of those around her. i got to brag on Jennifer here again. This is Jennifer Bragfest this morning. Uh, when she went to Israel, she worked for a company based out of uh, Israel called Avgol. And she had the opportunity to go over to Israel. I was really envious of that. And she and I, we're those weird people you hear about. We're cat people we're those weird people you hear about we love cats and uh, we even have we're definitely not uh, superstitious we have a black cat amen (laughs) janet wonderful cat lovely cat uh, but black is as night Uh, he is a wonderful cat one of the sweetest cats we've ever had too by the way but over in israel apparently they have a cat problem they're overrun with cats And on every corner, you see an armed guard with an M16 or a semi-automatic or an automatic rifle. And they're just patrolling the area, making sure everything's safe. Well, she goes back to her hotel in Tel Aviv, and she sees this cat that is just hungry. And she has some leftovers from where she ate. And so she feeds this cat over in an alley, making sure this cat is fed and, and, and taken care of. Well, she said she went back the next morning, she, or that night, she was looking at one of the armed guards who was eyeing this cat and looking at what she was doing. She said she'd never seen the cat anymore after that. So don't know what happened to the cat, but at least she showed compassion uh, to the cat no matter whatever happened to uh, the cat after that. But of the fruit of the Spirit listed, we see that love is the first one mentioned. Love is a valuable trait for any Christian. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 notes that love is the greatest of all gifts. We can talk about the gifts of prophecy. We can talk about all the gifts that there is, but there is only one that is the greatest and that is the gift of love. A godly woman has a compassionate heart. Number four, a godly woman is the portrait of a supplying mother. Look what what he says in verse 21. She's not afraid of snow for her household. Why is that? Most of the time, whenever snow comes, especially in ancient times, it was a great concern. Because you're wondering, do I have enough to make it through the winter? Do I have enough to make it through this snowfall? You know, the plants are not growing right now, and and it's really hard to find animals uh, out there to to hunt. uh, But uh, do I have enough for my household? But you see in verse 21, she's not afraid. Why is she not afraid? She is unafraid because of the fact that she has already prepared the needs of her home and they can make it through anything. We see that they have bed coverings, which was not normal for most families. Purple fabrics, which came from dyed fabric from Phoenicia and was quite expensive to obtain. This mother provided the very best that she could for the needs of her home. She was a good provider and she provided everything that her family needed. And here I think back, to my great-grandmother Beck, my great-grandma Beck, Rachel Beck. Folks, you should have seen, that. I, I wish you could have met her. Every single Sunday with, with, without skipping a beat, she would go to church and somehow or another, she would prepare some of the largest meals you have ever seen for her family, for her neighbors, for the preacher, for the for the preacher's family, anyone you could imagine. I think there were about probably 30, 40 people in her house sometimes after Sunday. And green beans, oh my goodness, she made some of the best green beans you ever put in your mouth. Biscuits, oh my goodness. It was no wonder that an hour after everyone ate, nearly half the people were asleep and snoozing on the front porch or <laughs> on the couches, Grandpa especially. My goodness, it was good food, too. She went all out. But you see, that shows what a woman she was. A godly woman supplies for the needs of her family. Motherhood is often a thankless job, ladies. It's often a thankless job. But it's one of the best jobs a person can have. So on behalf of all the men today, let me say thank you for supplying for the needs of your home. Number five, a godly woman is also the portrait of a supportive wife. In verse 23 her husband is known as the in the gates when he sits among the gates of the land the gate of the city was where judgments took place where, where uh the the high court would would resume and 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 judge if there are criminals the, the the criminals would be taken to the gates and they did it at the gates of the city because if it was bad enough they would basically throw the person out of the city and lock the gates behind them, and say, "You're gone. You're done. Go somewhere else. You're you're, you're bothering people. You're you're uh, you're, you're, being, you're you're stealing from people and whatnot." And so they would do this at the gates of the city. But you see, a godly woman is a supportive wife, allowing her allowing her husband, that is, to uh, to do the things that he can do. She is supportive in his efforts, and that's why I tell everyone. I was looking at uh, on social media. And it's hard to believe that it's been a year since my graduation. And I was thinking back upon that, about the fact that I couldn't have done that if it weren't for my wife and the support she gave. And that's what I tell people. that We have a co-master's co- degree because it's just as much hers as it is mine. If it had not been for her support, I would not have been able to do that myself. You see, that's what families need to do. Husbands supporting the wives, wives supporting the husbands coming together, loving one another in one mind, in one accord, according to the model that God has given us in Scripture. Strong families are built by strong, godly men and women devoting to supporting each other by due diligence and the grace of God conferred to them. Number six, a godly woman is the portrait of a strong spirit. In verse 17, we see she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She's a strong woman, it's like, it's like almost like she's flexing her muscles. In verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. And I have to brag on my mother-in-law here. She's one of the strongest women I've ever known. She walks three miles every day. I walk half a mile and I get out of breath, <laughs> but she walks three miles every single day. And you know, I'm gonna tell you, you know, I helped her and Dan build a deck on her on her uh, her uh, house. And I'm going to tell you, she was up shimmying up the ladders up and down, climbing the roofs all over the place. I couldn't half keep up with her. There's no way I can outwork that woman. I dare say 90% of the people, 98% of the people in this world could never outwork her. But I want to tell you, she's, she has been met with some tragedies in life, but she stayed true to the Lord. Her strength, she has physical strength but her true strength is found in her spirit and her relationship with the Lord. Beloved, we need to have that same type of strength. The strength that we have, that's what a godly woman's about. Strong spirit, strong uh, relationship with the Lord, and a strong fervor to do what God calls that person to do. A lot of times, ladies, you may have more on your plate than you can handle. But understand this. You have it's not just by self-esteem and not just by what you can do yourself but it's by the power of god in you that you can make it through anything in this world even the most most incredible difficulties in this life you can make it through because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world number seven a godly woman is a portrait of loving wisdom it's an amazing thing to me that uh, that uh, godly women know what to say at the right at the right moment. They they know exactly what to say, and in fact, um, many many moms have many famous sayings. In fact, I read an article that said seventy nine percent of all moms have used one of these phrases in their lifetimes. Raise your hands if you've ever used this one before. Uh, one is because I said so. That's why. Any mothers ever said that? Several <laughs> oh, here. Uh, number two, I don't know is not an answer. Any? <laughs> Several here. Uh, number three, eat your vegetables. you ever said that to your child? Eat your vegetables. <laughs> uh, many. Number four, beds are for sleeping in, not for jumping on. Anyone ever use that? <laughs> quite a few. Number five, I remember hearing this quite a few times. No one said life was fair. Anyone heard that? Quite a few here. Number six: Your hands are not broken. Use them. Oh, come on now. To, <laughs> I'm seeing some weak hand lifts here. Anyone ever said that? All right. Uh, number seven: I think this actually goes after uh, the uh, the comment about your hands are not broken. Your face is going to freeze like that. Anyone ever said that? Your face is going to freeze like that. Number eight, you just wait till your father gets home. Anyone ever said that? (laughs) Or number nine, I don't care who started it, I'm finishing it right now. Anyone ever said that? Quite a few. Or last but certainly not least, what part of no don't you understand? Anyone ever heard that? (laughs) see a lot of hands raised there. (laughs) We do, I dare say that we have all learned a lot from the wisdom of godly women. Catherine Kroger of Christianity Today writes, These highborn born Christian women seized upon the study of the Bible and of Hebrew and Greek, talking about the women throughout church history. The circle of Roman women who studied with Jerome in the late 300s showed such scholarship that he thought nothing of referring to some church elders to Marcella for the resolution of a hermetical problem, a hermeneutical problem of interpretation of Scripture. By the early 400s, Augustine could declare that any elderly Christian woman was better educated in spiritual matters than most philosophers. Women, you have great wisdom bestowed upon you. Use it. Share it with your family. Share it with your communities. And I've been blessed to have many a a godly woman who's been wise and in the Scriptures. Number eight, last but certainly not least. A godly woman is the portrait of... And I would dare say that this is the most important thing. She is the portrait of a faithful believer. She has a steadfast relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. She has a steadfast relationship that is unbroken with God Almighty. Now, like I said, I want us to go back and read verses 30 and 31 because I think this is so important. Because, ladies, a lot of times I know you have bad self-images, and a lot of that is brought upon you because of society. You know, we, we look at these individuals on television, and, and many young women say, I want to look like that. But understand, a lot of that stuff in Hollywood's fake. Because I dare, you, I, dare, I dare challenge you to go look at a picture of some of these Hollywood starlets without their makeup on. Anyone ever done that? They look nothing like what they do on, in, on movies and television shows. Let me just tell you that. And I don't care how good a person looks. Let me tell you something. If they have a bad character, they have a bad heart, their beauty just vanishes just like that. Amen, guys? Anyone else like that? I've seen some ladies who were, who were, who were externally beautiful but until they opened their mouth. And when they opened their mouth, every bit of beauty they had went out the window. Anyone else ever seen that? See some head shakings. Tell me I'm not the only one. The Bible says charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she is the one who shall be praised. Amen. A woman who has faith and trust in God Almighty, she is the one who needs to be treasured. Amen. She is the one who needs to be valued because all of this huff and fluff we see uh, on, on television, all, 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 this, all these external things that we look at, you know, eventually they fade away. But the thing that lasts forever is a heart dedicated and devoted unto the Lord God Almighty, and that is something that will never pass and never fade. I'd be amiss if I didn't consider well, both my grandmothers in this accord. Uh, grandmother it, my grandma Sitt, she was a great godly woman. But I also can't help but think of my grandmother, Eva Falk Chilton. I think we have some relationships to some folks uh, here today. But Grandma was a good, godly woman, and she was met with a lot of tragedy in her life. She lost her mother when she was about three, I think. Lost her dad when she was about 18. She had severe diabetes that uh, developed into gangrene. They had to amputate one of her legs the same year I was born and uh, if not the year I was born, the year after, it, somewhere along that time. But I want to tell you, she was a good, godly woman. And I never will forget. I meant to bring it with me today. I knew I was forgetting something when I left the house today. I was even going to bring it with me. I have it in my on my bookshelf at home. But it's a children's Bible stories book. And she used to sit with me on her good leg, and she used to read me some of those Bible stories. the The, the pages were musty-smelling but, but the, it, it was uh, an old book, but she went through there and she read me the stories. She, she used to do this thing. I loved it when she'd done this. She would scratch on my back while she was doing this. She had this little thing, semicircle, semicircle, dot, dot, dot. I don't know what the, what that meant, but she used to do that. It was a little game she played, and I would just sit like, oh, keep doing that, you know. But she was a good, godly woman. Recently, my Aunt Donna gave me a Bible uh, that had clippings. The Bible she had... I think Kaz and I've talked about this. A Bible that's worn out is a sign of a person who's not, because they've been studying it and studying it fervently. But she had a Bible that was so worn out that what was left of it was moth-eaten. Uh, because I mean, it was falling apart at the seams because she had used this Bible so much. But my aunt Donna gave me a, a Bible, another Bible she had, but it had all these clippings where she would take notes of of all the services that she was in she even had little scribble marks in her in the in, the, in her bible where she'd underline certain words and make little outlines of what the preacher was saying every sunday she did this she was a godly woman who loved the lord and loved her family and she's greatly missed she died back in 94 but i, I miss her just as much now as i did when she passed when you care for your families and loved ones be sure to tell them about your faith because, beloved, you may, not know, you may never know the impact it will have on your kids and on your grandkids. I'm going to tell you, there's something special about grandmas, too. I just, there just really is. There's something special about grandmas. And so share your faith with your kids and your grandkids. I ask permission for this last one. And uh, I, I think of another godly woman. Like I said, I, I could go on all day and all night. We would be here till late. But I know you're ready to go. I know we have lunch plans ready. Everybody has lunch plans with their mothers today, so I don't want to keep you. But I want to leave you with one last story, and that is of Bob and Sharon's mom, Helen Minor. What a great godly woman she is. I say is because she's not dead. It's like Grandma. She's alive. She's just as alive today as she ever was. She's at, you know, she's at the throne of God, in God's heaven. But she, uh, she was a godly woman. She had raised five kids. Correct me here again if I'm wrong here, Bob. Five kids by herself. She had raised five kids by herself, and she is a woman who loved the Lord and wanted to make sure that her kids were brought up the way they needed to be brought up. And Bob tells me the story of uh, him and uh, whenever they were living in Tennessee, that apparently Bob and a couple others, Richard and Joe, Bob, Richard, and Joe. Uh, had gotten in a neighbor's watermelon patch and apparently they were looking for some ripe watermelons. so they plugged half the watermelons in the watermelon patch to find a ripe one and so uh, needless to say when they found a ripe one they, they Bob said they had ruined half the watermelon patch and so the neighbor came to Miss, Miss Miner and said Miss Miner he said I, I hate to tell you this but your sons they, they got in my watermelon patch and and they ruined half of my watermelons so Apparently Miss Miner was not a woman who believed in timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she went to Bob, and we'll say Discipline Bob, and then went to Joe, and then Richard, Richard, and then went back to Bob, and then to Joe, and then to Richard, and back to Bob about three times. And the neighbor says, Miss, Miss Helen, Miss Miss Miner, it wasn't worth all that. <laughs> Watermelon's weren't worth all that. But I'm just trying to simply say this. Miss Miss Minor loved the Lord and she loved her family. She did the best she could to raise her children in the ways of the Lord, to make sure that her children were, were the way they're supposed to be. I don't know, looking at Bob and Sharon, if you ask me, I think she did a pretty good job. Amen? Amen. Again, that was weak. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so, when we think today about Mother's Day, when we think about our mothers, be sure to thank your mothers. I mean, you know, we lost my grandma's sis. And if there's one thing that goes to show me, you know, life is really short. Amen? It's really short. We, we only have a few days with our families. We really do. You know, life is a vapor. It, it really is. I remember Grandma Chilton used to tell me, she said, Son, when you get your driver's license, everything's going to speed up, and boy, has it ever. It's hard to believe, you know, that, that many years have passed already. But you know what? As long as we have our mothers, let them know today how much you love them how much you appreciate them and how much you care about them and thank them for the job that they've done. Motherhood is a thankless job. It's very tough. But understand, in the end, you're going to make a lasting impact on individuals that you will never, ever even consider because of the great honor that God has given you about being a mother. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the mothers here today. We thank you for the mothers of yesteryear who have gone to be with you in your eternal kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for 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 the gift of motherhood and, and what the impact that mothers have left on our lives. And we just thank you so much for the gift of love that they bestow to us. And we just ask, Lord, today, with the mothers who are here, that you would bless over them, Lord. Keep them and let them know how much we love them, but even more importantly, how much you love them. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all the gifts of life. And if there's anyone here today that's never received the greatest gift of all, which is the gift of salvation, we encourage you, Lord, and just ask that through this time of invitation that you would lead each heart towards your throne, lead each heart towards your grace, lead each heart towards your salvation, found only and through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for the service. We thank you for all that you do and all that you continue to do. Have your will and your way in this time of invitation. For in Jesus' name, we ask God this. Would you please stand as we sing our final song?
0: Do not necessarily represent those of BellatorChristi.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of BellatorChristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Michaela Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit BellatorChristi.com and subscribe so that you can receive All the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.